Hi, everyone. It's Kate. I just wanted to mention MyPillow.com to you. You know, there's a lot of holidays and weddings and all kinds of things that we buy gifts for. And not to mention us. We buy things for ourselves. This is the best company for bedding. I mean, from everything from dog beds to pillows to sheets to towels to um, to stopping snoring. I mean, get the green pillow, get the blue pillow label from... Um, MyPillow.com. What an amazing company this is. And Mike Lindell is doing a heck of a job trying to inform everybody about the election fraud and actually have the proof there and show the the proof behind election fraud. Also, FrankSpeech.com. It's a censor-free Facebook. Go to MyPillow.com or you can call the number 800-873-1052. And make sure that you are ordering, put in the code Kate, get up to 40% off now. Oh my gosh, you guys, the products are that good. I'm telling you, I was shocked by them. I was seriously shocked. Make sure you support the show, Truth and Radio, Mike Lindell, and you're going to get great products. It's a great threefer. <laughs> Not a twofer, a threefer. Go to MyPillow.com and get up to 40% off right now. Do it. Thanks, you guys. I don't care if it takes the entire show today. We will not stop until we figured out all of our gender options. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Almost four months into the vaccination effort, providers are beginning to run out of people who want to be euthanized, immunized. Isn't that so telling? Yeah. We want to be euthanized. I mean immunized. Anyway, welcome. Kate Daly's show on a Friday. And uh, I am solo today, so uh, I also have Allison Armstrong joining me in the final hour, so only solo for this hour. Uh, But happy to have you and happy to have your calls. And uh, I want to go through a couple of lessons in history. People always wonder, how did we get here? And sometimes maybe we need to go back and reflect on, on, on how things changed maybe why they changed and how they changed. Because maybe if we truly understand a little bit more about what we didn't understand back then, okay, then maybe we can, uh, we can seek to make some changes and, uh, and, and maybe, I don't know, do something. Do something about it. Shedding light is always good, right? I mean, who doesn't like to shed light on stuff? So I always think that uh, I always want to know what I didn't, uh, what I wasn't able to learn. Because, you know, my whole my whole life, the last 10 years, I have been playing a serious game of catch up to try catch up, not catch up, catch up to try to figure out what I didn't know for all those years when my head was in the sand and I didn't get it. And I didn't really see what I what I see now. And so I invite you to, to call in, too, because I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about Sesame Street. I want to talk about uh, postal service because I want to talk about cops. There's a, there's a couple of things that changed big time in the, uh, in the late 60s and the, and the 70s that are really important to what we're dealing with right now and the emergency order. Um, and so I'm going to reflect on some letters uh, written by a, a gentleman who worked for Kennedy and uh, in the money sector, and he wrote some letters in the mid-70s, and he was reflecting. So the letters, that the, the things I'll be talking about were observations in the 70s, and you're just going to think, wow. I mean, just think about the issues then or our issues now, only they're on steroids now. Um, I also wanted to say this. Uh, the uh, cyber event starts today. Hat tip, Mike, thank you for reminding me. The cyber event, the big cyber event, and they're doing, you know, a lot of drills and a, and they're talking about, oh gosh, I guess we're going to have all these cyber attacks and what are we going to do and who's it going to affect? And 
I have learned in my studies that it affects us a lot when they get together and they talk about future events. And it feels more like they're planning them than they're drilling for them. And I just kind of want to keep my eye on what's going on there. I really do. And also, uh, a listener, Kristen, had a had a great observation that I didn't think about. But she said, uh, so hat tip to her, but she said, you know, the strains... She said, isn't it interesting how it, it COVID supposedly has been out there for a year and a half, but it only started mutating into strains the second they realized that the country was not on board with the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been around for 18 months and it didn't, it didn't have any mutation whatsoever. And now all of a sudden you've got Lambda Delta Nu. Give me a break. They're really trying to sell it hard and their desperation is honestly their downfall. They're desperately trying to get you to do this. Uh, I think they feel like they're losing control. And I think it's funny, actually. I think it's funny that it's backfiring on them. Um, so just, I love that observation. I really uh, thank you for that. And uh, I just love you guys. Uh, you know, I know all of you out there are doing homework and, and really trying to stay up with everything. And I just thank you. Thank you for all the work you do. Um, let's talk a little bit about Sesame Street, because I think this is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people real, realize this along the way, that it was basically financed primarily by the Rockefeller-controlled foundations and the federal government. Sesame Street kind of followed the standard Rockefeller uh, philanthropic formula, because if you've listened to this show at all, you know that public education was drastically changed by the Carnegie Foundation in the early 1900s. And under the guise that it was this foundation, this giving foundation, because usually nobody questions a giving foundation, right? So they do a lot under those. Well, look at Hillary's foundation. Look at all these foundations out there uh, that are uh, just so sickening to me. And they do it under the guise of, of this. So so uh, this was this formula emerged over 70 years ago, and it established its halo in the public eye by early programming, Right our youngins, and uh, previously had turned its efforts to really more sinister directions under the protection of that so-called foundation halo. Arguments, bad temper, hurt feelings, and even cartoons with an air of unreality are really prominent on Sesame Street. And this observation was clear back in the 70s. And it said, it said, look, it said, really look at Sesame Street, okay? Do you see any trace of an identifiable family image? Or all you're seeing is images of the families, the family types they want you to see, you know, which is really not a, a, a family, a traditional family. And I started thinking about this because this was written back in the 70s. I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and he also wrote the, uh, he said, the impressionable young Sesame Street audience is treated with such things as a recent episode showing all about how easy, painless, and perhaps even fun it is to use, use a tourniquet and syringe, all of, uh, of it more explicitly than you'll ever see on nighttime adult programming. Young, uh, harried young mothers trusting in the spotless reputation of Sesame Street, often allowing their children to watch with little or no supervision, not realizing the concepts like this, which paved the way for early and easy drug addiction, are being burned into their children's minds. Aren't they the 
the littlest sponges you've ever met, these little four and five-year-olds and three-year-olds that are watching that. Sesame Street is a product of Children's Television Workshop, whose president is Joan, at this was in the 70s, Joan Gans Cooney. She's a Rockefeller insider who a year before this had signed the Bicentennial Declaration, um, which was going to launch the Rockefeller's second American Revolution to bring in a new secret, more secret constitution that they had written. And so they, he said another example is seen in these big textbook controversies, which make headlines because the efforts of the parents, you know, to prevent their, their introduction into public schools, their objections were based upon the uh, degrading and immoral material they see in the books, having really not succeeded in stopping the books, although the books have been slowed down. And the purpose of the books in the the 70s was to utilize the system of compulsory education for this very captive audience. And it was going to be, it was supported by your tax dollars, but largely removed from your control to shove down your children's throats, whatever they decided that they should learn. And the goal of the, of these books was to make your child think in terms of questioning your motives and challenging your authority against a background of crumbling values. The idea was to really a very uh, subtly rob, uh, rob your child of everything that they subconsciously cling to for strength and security, and then finding themselves totally lost later on, because that's not, it's, it's, you know, somebody's tearing that down as you're trying to shore it up. And, uh, and then also went on to talk about these bills. And there was a bill in the Senate in, ni- in the 1970s, um, uh, mid-1970s in the House, and it was resolution, House Resolution 2966, called the Child and Family Services Act of 1975. It was the Senate version. And it was basically to the side of communal approaches the child rearing over the family-centered approach. And also that the government was sharing in the raising of the children and that that was truly what that act was about was to basically kind of nudge the parent out as much as it possibly could at the time. So it talked about a partnership between the parent and the government in rearing and training the child as co-owners of like of any enterprise, right? Where a partnership is formed. And then you get to allow your federal government to become your partner under this bill and then give away part of your interest in your own child. This was back in the 70s. And uh, all through the child control bill. And so also uh, one of the quotes from, uh, from this uh, was also parent, quote, parent means any person who has the primary day-to-day responsibility of, uh, uh, to the child, for the child, for any child. Hmm. Very ambiguous, right? And now you can see where we've gone with this. Wow. Remember when we were talking uh, with Greg, my NSA guy, about the fact that uh, they had they had written out, um, you know, this uh, this concept for putting people in quarantine and that you were basically uh, they could basically take your child from you because a government person would then become the new sponsor person for your child guardian for your child that works for the government and that that was certainly okay. And I, and I remember everybody freaking out about this um, and saying, Oh my gosh, have we gone that far? And this is really, I think where it started um, where they started really incorporating this language into the bills. And, uh, and then one of the uh, quotes of this is, so we will organize our children into a community and teach them to do in a perfect way the things their fathers and mothers are doing in an imperfect way in the homes, in the shop and on the farm. Basically wanting to mold them, right? 
mold them and and take upon themselves in government the ability to change how they think away from the parents because if they disapprove of how the parents are doing it. Wow. Huge change. Huge change that has now resulted in what we see now as as kids were going with masks and the schools were teaching the parents like uh, they're treating the kids like cattle and they're telling the parents that they really don't get any say. And even limiting them even limiting them from speaking out in public, what should be a very public forum as far as the school board. Do you remember the school board clip I played where he was very upset and, 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 and saying things to the, to the school board guy uh, calling him Mussolini and the school board guy said, well, you can't talk to me like that. And he said, oh, yes, I can. Supreme Court says I can. The Supreme Court says I can. And so now people are getting more outraged. But looking back, did you ever really realize about Sesame Street? Did you realize where they were going with this in the 70s? It's really perplexing, isn't it? That they started a long time ago on this trail and we should have been stopping it all along. And maybe if more people realize that this has been going on a long time, maybe they're more challenged to get into the fight, right? Maybe maybe they finally decide that uh, we have to thwart this because we have now gone leaps and bounds into places we should have never gone. But sometimes we don't even realize because we think that this programming is wrapped up in this nice little cute, you know, cute little wrapping of, oh, it's such a cute show. Well, there was a lot more to the show that they really wanted to project to the kids. And I think that's what's going on in our curriculums right now, too. Everybody thinks the curriculums are pretty basic. No, they're not. No, they're not. From about second grade on, they're pretty horrific. And I, I sure hope people are paying attention. When I come back, I want to give you, I wanna give you the, uh, how they felt about the national emergency order back then as it was starting. And then also about cops. And uh, there was one more too. Oh, postal. This is very interesting what happened when they uh, messed around with the postal, uh, postal service. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. 